Thank you so much for having me here. First time to speak at church on the rock. What an honor uh, to be here for you. Love the Saturday night format. Got to be honest, my first Saturday night. Uh, so I, this is, yeah, what a great place uh, to, to have on a Saturday night. Well, I, I want to start off by saying uh, what an exciting time to be alive. This is an exciting time to be a part of the church because God has a great call on each and every one of our lives as we are answering the call of the Great Commission. As, as Matthew chapter 28, uh, verse 19, uh, it says, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them, these new disciples, to obey all the commandments that I will give you, and be sure of this, I am with you. You won't, let me mess with this. Sorry, we're doing a PowerPoint here, so make sure that it is on point. That, get it? I apologize. You know, these things always work when you, uh, when you test them in the beginning. And then they like to mess with you here in the end. We're good right there. Well, as I said, Jesus has a call for us to connect, to change this culture. And you know Ecclesiastes chapter 1, it says there's nothing new under the sun. You know, I, I know when we watch the news, we see things and we're like, oh my goodness, look at all this that's going on. You know, I want you to know today that there's always been problems in this fallen world. And you know what? There's always going to be problems in this fallen world. And that's why God has a call on our lives. But as Christ followers, we have to figure out how to engage this culture at this time. How do we connect with this culture? And in this talk today, I want to look at a very elusive issue that is eluding us today. And it is called the truth. This is a very elusive issue. And you know, Jesus said in John 8, 32, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But you know, we can't be set free from the truth that we don't know. If the truth sets us free, but we don't know the truth, then we're gonna be the opposite of free. We're gonna be in bondage. And, we, and, and so as Christ followers, we've got to know the truth. And I want us to really think today and, and today may be a little bit of a different message because I really want to prod our thinking. You know, we love to feel, but we don't always love to think. And so I really want us to go to the deep end of the pool today. We may have to put our floaties on, but, but I want us to really go deep and to really think about this culture. And you know, for some of us, when we talk about the truth, it might be an easy conversation. But you know, it's actually getting harder and harder today to have a conversation. It's getting harder and harder because one person's saying one thing and another person is hearing another. And so I think it's important that we define the truth because if we're gonna reach this culture, then we've got to understand this culture. And what we're going to do today is I wanna start off by playing a video. And it's going to kind of set up our entire talk today. And, and they're going to address a few issues. Don't get caught up in the specifics. I want us to think about the overall deeper meaning that is happening here. This is, uh, they went on the campus of Washington University, and they asked some college students uh, some very difficult questions. And I want you to see their answers, and then we're going to dive into what we're going to talk about today. Y'all check this out. There's been a lot of talk about identity lately, but how far does it go? 
And is it possible to be wrong? We went to the University of Washington to find out. Are you aware of the debate happening in Washington State around um, the ability to access bathrooms, locker rooms, spas based on gender identity and gender expression? I, I think people should be able to have access to the facility. I think uh, bathrooms could and potentially should be gender neutral because there doesn't need to be a classification for differences. I think people definitely should have the ability to go into whichever locker room they want. Uh, I feel like at least public universities should do their best to accommodate for those who do not have a specific uh, gender identity. You know, whether you identify as male or female and whether your sex at birth is matching to that, you should be able to utilize the resources. So if I told you that I was a woman, what would your response be? Good for you. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. I'll be like, what? <laughs> really? I don't have a problem with it. I'd ask you how you came to that conclusion. If I told you that I was Chinese, what would your response be? I mean, I might be a little surprised, but I would say, good for you. Like, yeah, be who you are. <laughs> I would maybe think you had some Chinese ancestor. I would ask you how you similarly came to that conclusion and why you came to that conclusion. Um, I would have a lot of questions just because on the outside, I would assume that you're a white man. If I told you that I was seven years old, what would your response be? Um, I wouldn't believe that immediately. Uh, I probably wouldn't believe it, but I mean, I it wouldn't really bother me that much to go out of my way and tell you no, you're wrong. I'd just be like, oh, okay, he wants to say he's seven years old. If you feel seven at heart, then, <laughs> then so be it, yeah, good for you. So if I wanted to enroll in a first grade class, do you think I should be allowed to? Uh, probably not, I guess. I mean, unless you haven't completed first grade up to this point and for some reason need to do that now. If that's where you feel like mentally you should be, then I feel like there are communities that would accept you for that. I would say so long as you're not hindering society and you're not causing harm to other people, I feel like that should be an okay thing. If I told you I'm six feet, five inches, what would you say? That I would question. Why? <laughs> because you're not. <laughs> no, I don't think you're 6'5". If you truly believed you're 6'5", I don't think it's harmful. I think it's fine if you believe that. It doesn't matter to me if you think you're taller than you are. <laughs> so you'd be willing to tell me I'm wrong? I wouldn't tell you you're wrong. No, but I say that um, I don't think that you are. I feel like that's not my place as like another human to say someone is wrong or to draw lines or boundaries. No, I mean, I wouldn't just go like, oh, you're wrong, like, that's wrong to believe in it, because, I mean, again, it doesn't really bother me what you want to think about your height or anything. So, I can be a Chinese woman. You... <laughs> um, sure. But I can't be a six-foot-five Chinese woman. Yes. If you thoroughly debated me or explained why you felt that you were six-foot-five, uh, I feel like I would be very open to saying that you are six foot five, or Chinese, or a woman. It shouldn't be hard to tell a five nine white guy that he's not a six foot five Chinese woman, but clearly it is. Why? What does that say about our culture? And what does that say about our ability to answer the questions that actually are difficult? 
So here is where we are at. This is the foundation that we are laying to talk about today. It shouldn't be hard to tell a five foot nine white guy that he is not a six foot five Chinese woman. Why is this difficult? But yet it is difficult today. But I liked what he said at the end. What does that say about our ability to answer the questions that actually are difficult? Because let's be honest, these questions should not be that difficult. Now, I, I know that they are. Now, it's interesting because even in this room, there is a, an age difference in the ones who were giggling and the ones who were not. Because in the, in the generation that has been on this earth a little longer than the other generation, we'll say it like that, these questions haven't been that difficult. But, but for maybe my generation, the generation that is being raised up, there is now um, a, a misunderstanding of, of what truth is. And here we are struggling to answer gender, uh, to answer age. What if I told you I was seven years old and you could see them just stumped? Uh, ooh, you know, well, how do we respond? Now, you, you saw what we care about really in society, right? What if I was to tell you I was six foot five? Whoa. Now, when it comes to height, and I don't know if it's because of our sports or whatever, we can't be lying about height uh, or, or what have you. But did you hear the response? Why am I not six foot five? Because you're not, according to a standard of measurement. And then there was this question of can I enroll in a first grade class? And I don't know if you heard the one answer, but they said you can as long as you're not what? Causing harm. As long as you're not hindering society. So what, what we are saying by definition today is as long as I am har not harming someone else, I can do whatever I want. That is what we're saying. Now, let's follow this line of thinking. Who decides what harm is? What if it's harm to one and not harm to another? See, this whole harm definition is even subjective to the individual. See, what we are assuming is that we all agree on the same level of harm. Do, do you see this? See, what we are saying is there does have to be a standard, but the question is, who decides that standard? Because what if one person thinks it's harm and the other person doesn't? Does that not happen many times in our society? where one person is okay with it and the other person is not. See, what, what it all comes down to is what is the truth and who decides truth? And what we've done, see, without truth, what we've done is we have removed the boundaries of society and we have said anything goes. And who are you to say about what I do? My question is, is that okay to remove the boundaries of society? Will that work? Is domestic violence okay? Is abuse, is molestation, is murder, are these things okay? Well, how can we say they are wrong? Because in some countries and in some religions, harm is okay. What we maybe in this room would identify as harm. In some countries, so is it okay over there because they have redefined what harm is? I love the question that they asked on the video, is it possible to even be wrong today? Because you remember what they said, I wouldn't go out of my way to say that you are wrong. The bottom line is they didn't want to say that anyone else was wrong. And we can't function as a society without rights and wrongs. There has to be a standard. 
In fact, let's say it like this. There has to be a higher standard above you and I. Because when you and I set standards, let's be honest, we set the ones that kind of benefit us, right? Each one of us, whatever standards we would set, they would perfectly fit our life and our lifestyle. That's why we need something above us, a standard, a higher standard. We need truth. Because truth brings freedom. You know what truth doesn't do? Truth doesn't see race. Truth doesn't see group. Truth doesn't see feelings. Truth doesn't see religion. See, it protects us because it doesn't discriminate against a certain group. Do you know what happens when you don't have boundaries, when you have lines? You know what happens when when, when you don't have rules in a ball game? (laughs) This is exactly what happens. Frustration, right? People get mad. Frustration happens. See, everything that happens inside the lines is awesome. But when people go outside the lines, that's when, wait a minute, (laughs) the coach gets a little upset on the sidelines, right? When traveling isn't called, right? When when, when a strike isn't called, when it's an obvious strike. And and on the TV, they have that box. Anybody watch baseball in here? You know, they've got that box. And when it hits the line, I'm screaming at the TV, that's a strike. Because it hit the line. Or, or, or what about the, the football now? What is a catch? What isn't a catch? Right? I mean, we, we don't even know what that is. But there's frustration when the rules are not followed. See, without the truth and without, the li- without lines, no one is wrong. And when no one is wrong, do you know what we have? A disagreement. That's all it is. And so we're living in a society that believes in disagreement, not right and wrong. Well, that's just your view, and this is just my view. But without truth, we cannot see where we are headed. Let me ask you a question. Many of you in this room drove here in in a vehicle. Probably most of those vehicles took gas. Let me ask you a question about our gas, gasoline vehicles. Can we put whatever we want into our gas tanks? There you go. See, there's always two answers, right? You have, you, have the, you have the people that are just like, no, you know. Then you have the, you have the thinkers out there like, well, yeah, you put whatever you want into your car. Can we put coffee in our car? It might be a little expensive if you go to Starbucks for it. Can we, can we put Dr. Pepper in our car? Can we put bleach in our gas tank? Can we put water in there? might be a little bit cheaper if you put water in there. Well, the truth is you can put whatever you want. But does it matter what you put into your gas tank? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Now, let's take this example of putting gas in a car because here is our response as a society. Whenever you say it matters what you put in your car, let's take this into how our society would respond. We would say, who are you to say what I can put in my vehicle? I can decide for myself what I put into my car. I feel like this is who my car is. My car was originally an unleaded vehicle, but now I think my car is going to identify as a diesel. And that is what makes my car happy. I love diesel. I do not like unleaded gas. Who are you to tell me what I can and can't love in my gas tank? I don't feel like my truck is an unleaded truck anymore. I'm a diesel. I can go into whatever gas station I want All gas matters. You are a narrow-minded, right-wing, fundamentalist, conservative, bigot, intolerant, diesel denier. That's what you are. Some of you may be. (laughs) Now, we laugh at this example 
When it comes to our car, we see that that is a very silly response to have. But why, when it comes to our lives, do those responses seem intelligent or seem okay? See, why can't we put whatever we want in our gas tank? The bottom line is this. It's not the way it was designed, period. See, the designer had a certain design in mind when the car was made. And if you put something else in it, the vehicle will not work. See, what this comes down to is were you and I created or did we just happen? Because if you and I were created, it changes everything. If we just, if we just happened in here then it's true it doesn't matter what we do with our lives or what happens or how we identify as who we are. But I want you to think about something in this room right now. Nothing in this room just happened. It doesn't matter what you look at from the clothes we're wearing to the room itself to the objects in this room, there is not one thing in here that just happened. Everything in this room was created. It was designed. A designer came up with the idea before it was even put into motion. But I, I want to get everybody thinking. In fact, look, let's point to one thing in here that just happened. You can't. Everything in here was created. Let me ask you another question. What's the most complex thing in this room? You and I, we're the most complex thing in this room. How can we say that the most simple thing in this room was created and the most complex thing in this room just happened? Is that not the silliest thing? See, nothing was created without a purpose. You can't just stick whatever you want in your gas tank. Well, you can, but you will mess it up. This is where Proverbs 14, 12 says. There's a way that seems right, but in the end leads to death. In fact, if you're taking notes, I have a, a one line, a tweetable, a snappable, a one-liner for you here to write down, and it is this. You are free. You and I, we are free to do whatever we want. We can put whatever we want in our gas tank. We are free to do whatever we want. But you know what we're not free to do? Escape the consequences. We are free to do whatever we want, but we are not free to escape the consequences. And what we have to do is we've got to ask ourselves some questions before we just go out and run with our worldview, before we just go out and do whatever we feel like doing or live our lives however we feel like, we need to, we need to answer some questions. Is there moral truth? I know we just want to say there isn't, but let's think about it. Is there moral truth? Let's answer another question. Well, if there isn't, where do we come up with that answer? How do we prove that there isn't? Or how do we prove that there is? And let me ask you this. Who decides whether there is or isn't moral truth? Does man or is there something outside of that? Let me ask you this. Does it even matter what we do? See, we're, what we are trying to do is we're trying to go out and do whatever we want without first asking ourselves, is there going to be consequences to it? Will this work in reality? Can we do whatever we want? And let me ask you this, can it be voted on? Because this is what we believe today. If we vote it right, then it must be right. If we vote it right, then it must be right. In fact, I want to take you to, there's only three options for truth. I told you we're going to do some thinking today. There's only three options, and I would love for you to think of a fourth. This always gets people, all right, I'm going to prove this guy wrong, right? That's always fun. It's a good challenge. What are the three options for truth? The first option for truth is this. There isn't any truth. There isn't any right and wrong. We can do whatever we want. 
Let me ask you, is that a fun option? Like if we're walking down the sidewalk and someone says, you know what, today I'm not gonna drive on the road, I'm gonna drive on the sidewalk. That may not be fun for you and I if we happen to be the one walking on the sidewalk. See, right, w- without truth, it leads to chaos. So number one, there is no right and wrong. Number two, we get to make up right and wrong. People decide, it's voted on. Groups can get together and come up with what is right and wrong. But here's my question, why ought to we obey that? If we get to come up with it and vote on it and we get to create truth, why obey it if another group could just come in here and create new truth? See, this does not create an inner oughtness. This does not create something that is above you and I. And there's only a third option for truth, and that's the fact that we discover truth, we don't create it. God created truth, and we discover it. It's out there. We have to dig in into his word. We have to look at, he talked about nature. It's in his creation, right and wrong. But these are the only three options. And when something is created, you don't get to decide what it does. You discover what it does. See, truth is discovered by people. It is not created. So I want to ask a simple question today. Are there rights and wrongs? Are there rights and wrongs that are absolute, whether we believe it, feel it, understand it? Are there things outside of you and I that work all the time? Because I would challenge everyone in this room that we all believe there are obviously some things that are right and obviously some things that are wrong, and we know what those things are, right? I mean, our culture cries outrage when something is right or wrong, when someone crosses us. But then there's some things that maybe we we feel could go either way. But the question is, which things are right and which things are wrong? And the big one for me is, who decides? Who decides? Because what happens when two people disagree? You know, when it comes to domestic violence, that's two people disagreeing. The one who's doing the harming and the one who's being harmed. The question is, which one is right? Well, society says it's the one that's doing the harming. What if we get in a society that okays it? See, we have to look at this from a deeper thing. A friend of mine uh, was a high school teacher in inner city Houston, Texas. And during a teacher's in-service, they were being trained. uh, The teachers were being trained how to deal with students, different situations, how to deal with things. He was told in a teacher's in-service, if a student asks you, a moral question, you are not allowed to give a moral answer. And so this teacher asked a friend of mine, he raised his hand, he says, okay, so you're telling me if a student comes to me and says, listen, I don't have a lunch today, my folks can't afford one, so hey, teacher, I'm going to go across the street, the convenience store, I'm going to just steal what I need to eat, I am hungry, what do you think about that? And they said, you are not allowed to give a moral answer to that. See, this is, the, this is the foundation that our culture is being raised in. We are not being taught what is right and what is wrong. We obviously had a horrible thing happen this last week in our nation down in Florida. But I want to bring you back to even something that happened in Florida just a few years back with the Orlando Massacre where a man walked in there, 49 people were killed, 53 people were injured, just awful, just horrible, terrible, unbelievable tragedy. But I want you to know it was not a horrible tragedy because of their group. It was a horrible tragedy because innocent people were killed and harmed. 
That is why it was a horrible tragedy. The group that took responsibility for it was ISIS. And I want you to think about something. To the group of ISIS, what they did was not wrong. To them, it was right. See, without truth, I want you to think about this. What was the Orlando massacre? Without truth, the Orlando massacre was simply a difference of opinion. That's all it was. See, without truth, all we have are two people arguing. See, without truth, we have the media, come on, all they do is get in on the media, you got one person arguing, another person arguing. No one's trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong. No one's trying to figure out, hey, here's the, here's the side that I'm coming from, maybe I'm wrong. No, you, you'll never see them arguing about this. Maybe I'm wrong. No, maybe I'm wrong. No, maybe I'm wrong. You won't see two people trying to figure out what's right. You see two people arguing. And without truth, what we believe is, it's just a, it's just a disagreement. Without truth, the shooting that happened in Las Vegas. See, we're trying to figure it out. See, we don't understand people. See, why would he do what he did? It's because we are basically bad and without Jesus. We are going to do evil. We're going to do what fallen man is going to do. But see, without truth, without Jesus, without God, we do not understand reality. Think about this. If there is no right and wrong, who wins? Only the strongest win. And we become a world of the survival of the fittest. In fact, I heard this on the news the other day. One of the hosts was saying, the federal government needs to define what a man is and what a woman is. The federal government needs to define what trans is. The federal government needs to decide. Is that who needs to decide what is right and wrong? Or is there, or does the federal government need to discover what is right and wrong from the standard that is higher than you and I? See, Hitler decided truth and morality. I love the, the, the movie that, that you guys were showing there. It's going to happen here in Texarkana. See, that government decided what is right and wrong. See, in America, many, many years ago, we decided who could be free and who could be a slave. See, that it, man does not decide that. We've got to go to God to find out that we are all free, that we are all equal in his eyes. See, where does truth come from? But see, today we are living in an era of fake news. We're living in an era of if I believe it in my heart, then it must be true. See, and I'm not talking just about fake news that we read. I'm talking about fake news that's happening in our own heart. Because what we're saying today is if I believe it in my head, then it must be true. If I feel it in my heart, then it must be true. And that's just not the way that we can live. Here's the challenge that I have for us today. What happens when fantasy meets reality? What happens when fantasy meets reality? Which one wins? See, in fact, I want to give you a great example of this mom right here. She was from Georgia. She was a leader of the ACLU. I don't know if you're familiar with the ACLU. It's the American Civil Liberties Union. Uh, it, it's basically a group, to be honest, when you look at their fruit and their track record, what they do is they try and attack. It sounds like liberties, it's for freedom. They actually attack Christianity. Any, anything that is for religion, that's for God, they actually attack it, and they're looking to shut it down. So they, this is a group that is very antagonistic to the faith. And, and she was a leader in Georgia of the ACLU. But, but something happened to this mom. Her girls 
were in the bathroom of a restaurant or a public place, and her girls were obviously in the girls' restroom, and a man, she describes him as biologically male, walked into the restroom and obviously scared her girls, freaked them out. And you know what happened to this? Mama bear came out. Let me tell you what you do not mess with ever, and that is mama bear, right? You, she got stirred up. She was mad, and, and she said something has to be done about this debate. Now, the ACLU obviously is for people going into whatever bathroom they want, but she came back to her office, and she said, you know what, guys? I don't think this works in reality. That's what she said, and you know what they did? They told her that she needed to be quiet. That is not, and so she had to make a decision. Do I go with the ideas of this place that I work for, or do I go with reality and being a mom and what works in reality? And so she resigned from the ACLU because she said, I cannot live between these things. See, some things sound good in a college classroom, but they don't work in reality. They don't work in reality. Look at what's happening in Hollywood with the Me Too movement. Hollywood's experiencing a lot of issues uh, with the managers and different actors. I feel like it's a new person every week or every month that that is being outed for domestic violence or uh, harassment or or, or whatever. But, but, But there is a problem in Hollywood, and the problem is this. The fantasy and the movies that have been created were trying to be lived out in reality, weren't they? And when these men, when these producers, when these people tried to live them out in reality, people did not like it. See, that may work in the movies. It may work in the screen. But they had created this fantasy land, and then just like our flesh, we want to live that out in reality. And then we had all this harassment. We had all this abuse, and now we've created the Me Too movement. Of course, it's, it's, it's spilled over into to, uh, 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 stars and, and athletes and political figures and political leaders. There was just an indictment uh, just this last week that happened with the governor uh, of a state. Because of this right here. But me too is the outcry of a culture that is saying this is wrong. This is wrong and cannot continue to happen. But all this objectifying of women on the screen was trying to be lived out in reality. In fact, a few years back, I was talking about this issue. And I had a a girl who was a senior in high school come up to me and she said, David, you know, when you were talking about the bathroom issues, she said, you know, I, I never really cared about this. I never really, th- this didn't bother me. Hey, who, everybody go in whatever bathroom they want. I don't care. She said, until I was in the bathroom last year, my junior year, and I was by myself and got done using the restroom. I went to wash my hands, and this, this boy walked in the restroom about six foot four, walked into my restroom, immediately fear scared me. He was in control. I didn't know what to do. And, and she said, I, I asked him, what are you doing in here? He says, I'm a girl today. And, and, and right when he walked in, he said, hey, baby, how's it going? You know. And, and she said, what are you doing in here? He said, I'm a girl today. She said, you just hit on me. He said, I'm a lesbian girl today. And, I mean, he knew how to use the rhetoric of our culture to get where his flesh wanted 
to get. And she said, praise God, I was able to get out of there, and he did not harm me. But she said, it changed my view on this issue. Why? Because reality met her worldview, and reality wins only every time. You know, there's a lot of emotion that's tied with the lies in our culture. But I think as Christ followers, we have to help people see that there's also a lot of emotion tied with the truth. And we have to help them to see, you know what, this actually can be harmful in the opposite direction, and we have to see this. The truth is, without right and wrong, nothing will work. Authority won't work. The way we treat police won't work. The way police treat us won't work. Money and the economy won't work. People can't love or get along. Love is perverted. See, without truth, it will not work. And I want us to think about this. Do you know... We are rejecting morality in our culture today, but you know what we're also rejecting is immorality. We don't want right and wrong, but we hate it when people wrong us, right? We're in this, this dichotomy here. We really, really are. We, we don't want right and wrong, but yet the Me Too movement is we want right and wrong. So we, we, have the, we, we have this porn culture that we have created, but we hate the human trafficking and we hate the, the domestic violence that has been created out of the devaluing of women. So we, we're at this real crossroads here. But without truth, that's exactly what we have done is we have devalued women. We have devalued what God has valued. We have devalued what God has valued. See, value is created by what someone is willing to pay for something, right? How much is your cell phone? How much is your car? How much are your clothes? Well, they're just as much as what people are willing to pay for them. How do we know how much value you and I have? We know by how much God was willing to pay for us as he sent his son to die for us. But we are devaluing today what God has valued. So what does it mean as we bring this together? What does it mean to be a moral person? What does it mean to be a Christ follower? A moral person is someone that doesn't do what they want to do, but they do the right thing. See, a moral person is elevating ourselves above ourselves, and we know that that can only be done with the power of Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.20, no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. But as a society, we have to see that we have to get outside of how we feel, not embrace how we feel. So there has to be a standard because freedom will not work without a standard. Freedom will not work without morality. So as we bring this all together, we have to answer the questions of what is truth, who decides, and does it matter? I want to leave you with two powerful verses here today that I believe all of us in this room need to take to heart. And the first one is 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it says, From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe. All these men, and obviously it means men and women, plural there, all these people understood the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. My challenge to us as a church today is we need to understand our culture. We need to understand that our culture is struggling with truth. We don't need to, to laugh or make fun of our culture. We need to understand it. We need to see how do we bridge the gap. 
between anything goes and how I feel is who I am and get them to understand how is this going to work five years from now? How is this going to work? How is this going to work in reality where you and I live? We, we have to help people understand that just because we feel it does not mean that it is right. See, we as leaders, as the church, because that's what the church is, it's a leader, we have to understand the times and we have to know the best course for Israel to take. And my second challenge scripture is Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. It says, don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense. Well, it's almost like Paul lived today in 2018, isn't it? Don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy. Do we have a lot of people being led astray with empty philosophy? With high-sounding nonsense? Where do they come from? Human thinking and the evil powers of this world and not from Christ. See, we have to make sure that whatever the issue, whatever the challenge that we have in our lives, that we're allowing Jesus to shape our thinking, not empty philosophies. You know, I want to encourage you, uh, as I said, uh, I come from a ministry in Hot Springs, and, and we have three different things uh, that we're trying to do to help combat this culture and help train up the next generation. I don't know if we have any Brookhillers here, but we got a lot of people from Texarkana uh, that go to our summer camp called Brookhill, and we're really trying to help the next generation, help young people, but it's a summer camp. Uh, love to, to see you check out and, and see what you're doing. High Point uh, is really along the line of what I'm talking about this morning. We're talking about getting a biblical worldview and getting leadership into our high schoolers. High Point's a high school camp, and then we have a nine-month internship. But I do want to point out, coming up in April, right here at Church on the Rock, we're going to be doing a Worldview Weekend for high school and college-age young people. I think they're opening it up. I'm not sure exactly. They'll, they'll give you the parameters of that. But we're going to be talking about this, these issues. We've got to get truth into the next generation. We've got to, we've, we cannot allow the foundation of truth to be eroded from this culture. We can't hide from the truth just because sometimes it's difficult to talk about, just because sometimes the truth may offend or the truth may be, may be tough to talk about. I want to encourage you, we need to be seeking the truth. Because as John 8, 32 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But church, we can't be set free from the truth we don't know. If we don't dive into these issues, if we don't take what's happening in our culture and then open the word of God and then connect the dots and say, God, culture's doing this, what's the word of God say? Because the Bible has the answers to everything and the Bible only works every single time. I hope you were blessed by this tonight. I hope it challenged you and helped you to see where our culture is at and how we can connect the dots and help our culture think through some of the issues that are happening today. Pastor Mike, I'm going to pass it off to you. Hallelujah. Amen.